Still, economy is the most important concern for everybody inside of Iran. What's at stake for the Middle East and for the Muslim world? Many Iranian observers believe that the president doesn't have any saying in Iran foreign policy. It's completely wrong. This is Deep Dish on Global Affairs, going beyond the headlines on critical global issues. I'm Cecile Shea, Senior Fellow for Global Security and Diplomacy at the Chicago Council on Global Affairs, filling in for Vice President Brian Hansen. Today, we're discussing the upcoming Iranian presidential election, the main political movements within Iran, and what the election means for the future of Iran and the Middle East. I'm here with Saeed Golkar, Fellow for Iran Policy at the Chicago Council. Welcome, Saeed. Uh, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. So there's a big election in Iran on Friday, May 19th. Yes. There will be local elections, which we're going to have to put off discussing for another day. And the people of Iran will also elect their president. So let's start with a little bit of an overview of what the office of president is in Iran. So Iran political system is a hybrid regime with the element of a democratic system and elements of authoritarian regime. In this system, a president is elected by a direct vote of Iranian people and uh, is controlling and overseeing Iran internal and foreign uh, policy uh, in terms that, you know, uh, the, in addition of president, we have uh, the supreme leader, the highest political authority in Iran, who is uh, selected by uh, assembly of experts, a council of 88 members. And uh, usually the president has been known as the second man in Iran political system. So the Iranian people are choosing the second most powerful leader in Iran on the 19th. That's correct. So explain to me how the election works. Is this a free and fair election? Who gets to vote? How are the candidates chosen? Iran election is not free or uh, fair. In this election, more than 1,600 Iranians have registered to run uh, for president. According to Iran constitution and according to Iran law, there is no limitation according to the age or gender. Anybody can register. So 1,600 people have registered for this election. But there is a body called the Guardian Council, consisted of 12 members, six clergy, and six lawyers. This body, who is unelected, are reviewing all of the candidates and the organization, just approve six candidates to run for presidency out of 1,600 candidates. So now there's a contest, though, and there will be a vote on Friday. Among those six people, it seems to be quite a, a genuine campaign. Absolutely right. Before the Guardian Council decide who should run for the presidency, the election is not free, is not fair, because, you know, if you are a non-Shia, if you are a female, if you are not a part of the political system, you cannot actually be qualified by the Guardian Council. But after that, when Guardian Council decided who should run for presidency, the competition is very competitive among of these candidates. It's more uh, free and more fair. Okay, so you say that there were initially six candidates. We're now down a couple, I think. Can you briefly tell us who the candidates are and in particular focus on the two front runners? Yeah. Uh, uh, six candidates were 
qualified by the Guardian Council to run for this uh, presidential election. Uh, from uh, you know, you can divide this candidate to two main group. Hardliner, three of these candidates belong to the, the hardliner camp. Three of them belong to the more pragmatist, quote-unquote, moderate and reformist camp. Uh, two candidates withdraw, and right now we have four candidates. That from these four candidates, two only are front-runner. The president, incumbent president, Hassan Rouhani, and Hujatullah Islam, uh, Ibrahim Raisi, the head of the Imam Reza Shrine, and former uh, prosecutor of, uh, deputy prosecutor of Iran. So tell us a little bit about these two front runners. Um, you mentioned Rouhani, the mm-hmm. incumbent, first of all. What, what does he want? What, what, what is his platform? President Rouhani, who actually uh, was elected in 2013, is belonging to the moderate camp of uh, Iran political elite. This moderate camp, they believe that they can solve Iran problem and develop and progress Iran through interaction with, uh, with the world. So their whole policy is interaction with the other countries to bring the, you know, to uh, foreign investment in Iran. And through this uh, investment, through the foreign investment, try to solve Iran economic problem and hopefully Iran will be uh, more uh, progressive, more developed countries. From other side, we have conflictualists or hardliner who believe that Iran will be developed mainly by being isolation countries through uh, mainly through the resistant economy, mainly by closing the door and trying to rebuild Iran economy from within. So the conflictualist uh, political agenda, economically speaking, they are in favor of resistant economy, relying on Iran so resources and cutting their relationship with the other part of the world, including and mainly the West. Uh, Politically speaking, uh, both candidates uh, really doesn't have too much political agenda. But in terms of relationship with the other countries and foreign policy, Rouhani is in favor of interaction and have a better relationship with the other countries, including the West, and hopefully a rapprochement in the long term with the U.S. But hardliner candidates uh, believe that you know Iran should look to, uh, in, to to the East and you know don't have any relationship with the West because they believe that the U.S. and the West mainly try to overthrow uh, the Islamic Republic. So we have two different candidates with two different political, cultural, and economic agenda that drew two different paths for Iran. Uh, Rouhani path will be more uh, normalized Iran. Uh, the, the hardliner candidate path for Iran is more independent, isolated, and securitized Iran. So do the candidates during this election season, do they discuss the agreement with the United States and other Western countries, or are they a little more circuitous in how they discuss this issue? Actually, the Iran nuclear deal was discussed, and all of the candidates, interestingly enough, were favor uh, of the nuclear deal, mainly because nuclear deal is very popular among of the Iranians. 
You know, after eight years of devastating uh, situation under hardliner Ahmadinejad, uh, when Iran economy was completely crippled, uh, you know, Rouhani solved the problem with signing a nuclear deal between Iran and five plus one. So because of the popularity of nuclear deal, even the hardliner candidate actually uh, accepted the nuclear deal as a treaty and support them. So you mentioned the Iranian um, arrangement with the five plus one, the so-called nuclear deal. Could you review what the arrangement is and remind us of which countries we're talking about? Uh, Iran nuclear deal was signed in July 2015 between Iran, uh, United States, uh, France, Germany, uh, China, and Russia uh, to suspend Iran nuclear program in exchange of suspension of international sanction, uh, which was targeted Iran nuclear program. So in 2005, July 2005, the deal was signed. And from January 2016, uh, the deal was implemented. Uh, All of the sanction uh, related to the nuclear program was suspended. And at the same time, Iran suspended this nuclear program for uh, for about 10 years. So what I hear you saying is that the central issue in this election is economic, that the two candidates, the leading candidates, Rouhani and Raisi, have very different visions of the economic future of Iran. What about some of the moral issues, the so-called social issues? Are those also being debated during this campaign? To be honest, the most important issue right now for Iranian is economy. You know, even two years after signing uh, the deal, uh, the Iran economy is progressing very slowly. And, you know, it takes time to the uh, for Iranian, uh, especially the poor and lower class, to feel and to benefit from nuclear deal and from, you know, suspension of the uh, international sanction. So uh, still, economy is the most important concern for everybody inside of Iran. But at the same time, you know, social and civil liberties is another concern for more educated, more, uh, you know, middle class and Iranian uh, youth. More, Iran has more than four, uh, four million students right now in Iran, and it is a very young country. So for this part of the uh, uh, population, moral controlling is important. You know, uh, the difference between hardliner candidate and moderate candidate when it comes to the social uh, and cultural policy is the hardliner candidate believe that the Islamic Republic has the responsibilities to take its citizen to the heaven, to the paradise, even by force. And Rouhani mentioned uh, clearly and uh, explicitly that the government doesn't have any moral responsibilities. You have, you shouldn't actually get involved in the private life of uh, the citizen. So that's why the Iranian middle class use more educated people are rooting for uh, President Rouhani because they hope that with President Rouhani, they have a better, they have a more uh, freer, uh, you know, social atmosphere in Iran. So you're saying the more educated, um, slightly better off folks are leaning toward voting for Rouhani. Is there also some sort of urban-rural divide in Iranian politics like we've seen in the U.S. recently? In Iran right now, more than 70% of Iranians are living in urban area. But still, 
the divi- division between rural and urban area is is there. Usually, the middle class uh, people they use the uh, student are in the urban area. The hardliner candidate social base is mainly in rural area among of the poor, conservative, and more religious uh, Iranian. And the social base of the Rouhani and interactionist and moderate are in the urban area, among of the middle class, among of the more educated, among of the more uh, young population. So you can see the division between urban and rural area, between middle class and uh, lower class, and between more educated and less educated. We are trying to simplify the situation. You know, the situation is more complicated. In 2013, Rouhani won a majority in some of the poor uh, rural area. But we're just trying to simplify the situation because usually the poor, usually the, uh, the conservative and more religious people are supporting of the hardliner social and cultural policy. You've been talking about what's at stake for the Iranian people in this election. Could we slightly widen the circle a little bit and talk about what's at stake for the Middle East and for the Muslim world? Will one candidate or the other lead Iran down a slightly different path in terms of Iran's current actions in Afghanistan and in parts of the Middle East? Or are those decisions out of the hands of the presidency? Many Iranian observers believe that many Iranian observers believe that the president doesn't have any saying in Iran foreign policy. It's completely wrong. Although the Iran foreign policy, the framework and the main strategy is designed by the Iran Supreme Leader and the Revolutionary Guard, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corp has a huge saying in Iran foreign policy in the Middle East. President and his team can impact Iran foreign policy by uh, by lobbying with uh, the, the Supreme Leader and with the other political figure in Iran. This is the first one. The second one, I believe that if you look at to the uh, foreign policy agenda of the hardliner, they believe, still they believe that uh, they have a moral responsibilities and uh, a political responsibilities to get involved in the Middle Eastern countries, in the countries like uh, Yemen, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, not only because of the national interest, but at the same time because of the ideology. They believe that the Iranian revolution was the beginning of, uh, of a series of revolution and the Islamic Republic uh, is responsible and has responsibilities to expert the revolution. From other side, you have a moderate candidate who believes that we have to focus mainly on Iran and solve Iran problem through the negotiation and interaction with the world, not through the military and hard power, through the soft power or more intelligence power, you know, using the soft power and hard power at the same time. So when you have two different uh, views in a presidency, this view can... Uh, translated to the policy in the long term. If you have a moderate, they can negotiate with the leader, they can negotiate with the revolutionary guard and other political figure in order to soften Iran foreign policy, to, to use more soft and intelligence power. But if you have a hardliner president in a power, 
the consequences will be using more hard power to solve the Iran problem in the region. So I really believe that there is a difference uh, when it comes to the Iran foreign policy. Well, let's talk for a minute about the power of the Ayatollah and the possibility that there will be a new Ayatollah at some point in the relatively near future. How does this election affect the choice of the next Ayatollah? As we talked, uh, the supreme leader position is the most important position in Iran political structure. Ayatollah Khamenei right now is 77, and there are some reports that he is not in a good health uh, situation. He's in a poor health situation. But, you know, in next four years, Ayatollah Khamenei will be about 81 years. And there is a possibility that during these next four years, Iran will see another supreme leader, or even if he is not passing away, uh, maybe there is a possibility for selection of successor of Ayatollah Khamenei. So what's the position and what's the impact of having a moderate or hardliner president in this process? You know, according to Iran constitution, if Ayatollah Khamenei pass away, there is a provincial council, temporary council, consisted of three members, the president, the head of judiciary, and one of the theologians from the Guardian Council. After this, the, uh, when Ayatollah Khamenei passed away, this council will take uh, over of his uh, duties for a short time. After that, the assembly of experts consists of 88 candidates is responsible to select the next supreme leader. So if you have a moderate president, not only he will be a part of this provincial council, who will take control of the uh, leader duties. In the long term, he can impact the assembly of experts. Both Rouhani and both Raisi are part of this council, are member of this council. So if you are a president and at the same time member of this council, you have more impact on the decision of the other member of the assembly of experts. So that's another way that this election is enormously influential. Absolutely. Could you just to wrap up, summarize for us, what is at stake for the Iranian people, for the region, and for the rest of the world on May 19th when Iran chooses its next president? Uh, in my opinion, this election is the most important election in the history of Islamic Republic. This election can take Iran into completely opposite direction, not only for four years, I think for a longer time, if you think about the succession of the supreme leader. So Iran has two paths to choose, the securitization path or the normalization path. With Rouhani, Iran will be a more normal country in the short term, and hopefully in the long term will be more democratic countries. With the hardliner candidate, I'm not very optimistic about that. I think with the hardliner candidate, if he will be elected as the next president, Iran for the short term and midterm will go toward a more securitized, militarized uh, political system. Well, that is, has really profound effects on all of us, to be sure. Absolutely. Not only for Iranian, for the region, and I think for the whole world. Thank you, Saeed, for joining us to discuss the upcoming Iranian presidential election. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Deep Dish on Global Affairs. 
Please note that the opinions you heard today are those of the people who expressed them and not of the Chicago Council on Global Affairs. If you liked this show, please take a moment to give us a review. Your review will help us promote a broader understanding of global issues and help others find our show. You can find this episode and many others under Deep Dish on Global Affairs in iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts and on the Council's website, thechicagocouncil.org. I'm Cecile Shea. We'll be back soon with another slice of Deep Dish.